welcome back to Will You Be My Friend? <laughs> um, this is a little bit different than what we normally do. Will You Be My Friend is a podcast that me and my best friend Jasmine Rose started when And Just Like That came out because we're both really big Sex and the City fans. Unfortunately, this week you have Kylie Gail Garcia, myself. Unfortunately. And no Jasmine <laughs> Rose. That's a great way to put that. I meant, unfortunately, Jasmine is sick and she's been taking a while to get better. And so we want to give her time and to feel better and feel good when she comes back and have the energy and everything. So this week. We have a special. That's not what I mean. We have a special guest, who's my husband, Julio Garcia, and he has been watching because he loves me so much. He's been watching it just like that with me every week. So we're gonna go through episode seven together, and we're gonna get a different type of opinion from Julio. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's not what I meant. I meant unfortunately she's sick. And fortunately, because of that situation, we get to have this conversation in front of all of you who are watching. Typical. So, welcome. This is my husband, Julio, and I'm Kylie Garcia, and welcome to Will You Be My Friend, a podcast where two best friends <laughs> review and just like that, or a husband and a wife in the case of this episode. So... What are you drinking, honey? <laughs> Normally we talk about what we're drinking, but we're both drinking water because it's kind of late at night and we're just thirsty and ready to record. So we're having really fancy water. <laughs> we will jump into the synopsis of the episode. Sure. Episode seven, Sex and the Widow. Carrie's publisher tasks her with injecting some hope into her new book. Miranda attempts to rekindle a spark with Steve. And Charlotte bristles when Harry imposes on her sacred space, tennis. So we start off with the writing montage. We've got Carrie through the window of her apartment and you can see the seasons changing. And she's writing and you can have a few moments where you see her kind of having emotions as she's writing and the seasons continue to change. So we're just kind of seeing that she's been writing and the seasons are changing. I don't really have much to say about that except for that. Then we go into the publisher meeting where her publisher asks for a little bit of hope and is basically requesting that Carrie go on her first date since Mr. Big died. Did you have thoughts on that, honey? Yeah, stupid. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> she just lost her husband. You're forcing her hand to go out on a date for... You're labeling it hope? It's not hope. It's stupid. So how soon after you die can I go on a date? <sighs> I'm not dying, so you know, I didn't worry about that. You're not dying? I thought you said I'm not buying. It, I don't <laughs> so I don't I don't care if she wants to go on a date, but it wasn't her idea. Like it's different if Carrie wants to go on a date because she feels lonely or is ready or just wants to even just have a fling, but this wasn't Carrie's idea. This was the publisher publisher trying to make money and framing it as hope like this is not this is not a fiction story this is a story about carrying her life like if you want hope like 
maybe wait a little bit or something, but it's just stupid. Like, let her be where she is, as you know. Yeah. I kind of agree. I kind of felt, I just felt bad for her because I don't know what it's like to lose a husband, but I'm sure it's very difficult. And I just felt like you could tell she was clearly uncomfortable. And I think Carrie, we've seen her through the series kind of do this thing where like she gets pushed into something that she's not really into. And she sort of is just like really nice about it. And she's like, oh, eh, and gets uncomfortable. So yeah, I felt for her. I get like the point from like, the book writer standpoint, I suppose, like, I get the idea of like, oh, we want to see like, something where you're growing at the end or something where you're going into a different stage or so it's not just this really sad book. But at the same time, like maybe we need to have space to honor when something's really sad. And just yeah, allow it to be what it is. So anyways. Well, so the only the only avenue she gives Carrie for hope is to go out on a date. Like there's no hey, the ending of this book really is dark. Like, is there a way we can kind of lighten this and give hope? There's there's no conversation. It's just, hey, you should go bang, bang, bangity bang. <laughs> Wait, so you're saying maybe she could have found another way to have hope, like, by just changing the way it was written at the end of the book or something? I'm saying that conversation never happened. I don't know. I'm not a writer, but I'm sure that there's more than just one option yeah. or answer. Or like avenue to what pursue. she's thinking for the future or something. Instead of being awkwardly forced into something that she clearly was not ready for. I respect that, honey. Yeah, I'm always right. You're just really coming in strong. Not like the guest these... spot. <laughs> um, so then, if we're ready to move on, are we ready to move on? Yep. So then, yep. <laughs> so then we move on to tennis. With um, Charlotte and LTW, and Charlotte's coming into the room apologizing for a bunch of things. Like, I'm sorry this, I'm sorry that, I didn't realize this. And they're both kind of, I'm sorrying each other about some stuff around, like, the school fundraiser or whatever. And then they go into their space of playing tennis. And there's this whole montage. What is it? Is it Eye of the Tiger that they play? Oh, maybe. I don't dun, remember. Dun, dun, dun. That is how Eye of the Tiger dun, goes. Dun. Okay. Yes. I think it is Eye of the Tiger. Well, I figure you would know because you're a Rocky fan. I do love Rocky. So. I should stop this and go watch Rocky. There's a whole. I'm just going <laughs> to go right over that. <laughs> there's a whole montage of um, this tennis game. My only question, honestly, it was cheesy. It was. I think meant to be a little bit cheesy, whatever, maybe to show like she's had a little bond with LTW now. But my only question at the end of this is that do people really high five with their rackets? I don't play tennis you're asking me for. I mean, have you ever seen anyone high five in a doubles game using their rackets? I mean, like, I don't know if real tennis players do that, but I've done it with ping pong. I've done it at racquetball, but I'm not a real tennis or racquetball player. Okay, so it wasn't as weird as I thought it was. It felt weird to me. It felt like this forced thing. like. Well, there's uh. a cool way to do a high five <laughs> and a bad way to do a high five, and they just badly high five with okay, rackets. Okay, let's demonstrate. Like, What's the cool way to do a high five? No, I'm not doing that. What's a cool way to do you, a high five? You gotta earn you a cool high five. Up. You have to earn it. You haven't earned it. Baby, 
I earned it. We've been married for 10 years, almost 11. I'll give you two. That's an uncool high five. Okay, now we're about to call one. <laughs> Otherwise, I didn't really care that much about the scene, to be honest. I just thought it was when a little cheesy. When they played the old ladies? Yeah. Oh. I didn't really care that much about that scene. So, I guess it was just kind of a setup scene. Like, they're playing tennis. That's a place that they go and the thing that they do. I think it's meant to kind of have a, a sight of Charlotte playing tennis with Harry and without Harry. It's like a contrast. Don't skip ahead. It's all one episode. It's all one episode. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I think you're right. I think you're right. I'm just going to give you a hard time. Okay, so then from the first tennis scene, then we go to the farmer's market. Sure, why not? Miranda is oh, yeah, shopping terrible. for produce. And she's on the phone trying to help Steve find where she is at the farmer's market. She's a little bit frustrated. And she runs into her professor and her professor's husband. And they're clearly very, like, lovey-dovey in love. And then Steve pops up and he's, like, a total goof and a half. And he's just, like, lost and goofy and realizes he forgot his wallet somewhere. He doesn't know where anything is. And there, to me, that's a contrast between the professor and the professor's husband's like in love type relationship and then Miranda and their kind of strained relationship of like we're dealing with each other. Just go on. <laughs> Just go on. I don't have time for Miranda. Stupid don't be woman. angry at Miranda. She's stupid. We like Miranda here. No, we don't. Well, you aren't part of this. <laughs> You're just a guest. <laughs> Miranda's like everybody's favorite. No, she's terrible. Tell me about it, honey. You no, have your I opinion. Don't, I don't know. Just keep going. Don't be afraid to share. Just go. Who's I'll next? listen. You, you have to... You have, This is like improv. You have to say yes and... You can't just shut things down. Yes, and move on. Then we have Carrie going to her book meeting to look at the cover of the book. And she finds out, she's thinking maybe she wrote the book just for herself to get over things. And then she finds out that her publisher has already like shopped it around to like Oprah's book club. And they're interested as long as she does the epilogue that they talked about with the date and the hope and all of that. So then that's kind of a short scene. And then we go into lunch with Seema, Miranda, Carrie, and Charlotte. And Carrie's basically sharing that news and that she's going to need to go out on a date to do this writing assignment. And everybody's, like Charlotte especially, is very excited. Carrie's like, I didn't really want to go on a date. I just am trying to do this for my book. And then Seema says that she had signed her up for, like, a Tinder or something a while ago. And they start looking through people. Has anyone you know ever signed you up for a dating site without your knowledge? No. Okay. We were Not married that before I it either. really came out. Yeah. Like. I don't know. What was there when before we were married? Like, eHarmony? <laughs> Match.com? Maybe. <laughs> It was definitely not as common of a thing like 15 years ago. Then we go to Miranda and Carrie. So they're walking down the street and they're talking about, Carrie's talking about if 
she was gonna think about sleeping with somebody else and how weird that feels and how it doesn't seem right she's not interested in sleeping with someone that's not big and her kind of like wild <laughs> Mr. Big <laughs> her, her kind of like wild dating history and how she's sort of over that part of her life and she thinks the idea of sleeping with someone that's not Mr. Big John James Preston is kind of weird and she's not really open to that she's not really wanting to do that <sighs> And then she starts asking Miranda about her and Steve and if things have improved because she hadn't heard anything about it. And Miranda says, no news is no news. Nothing's improved, basically. And she feels like she's riding the monorail instead of a roller coaster. Thoughts on that scene? <laughs> nope. Well... It's all part... Like, we're going to get to How talking soon about... How would you sleep with somebody... After I died. That's a terrible question. That's not a question that any rational person can actually answer. Like, you can ask somebody how long was it till you slept with somebody after you, like if they've already, if they've been in that situation, but you can't ask somebody to project what you're going to feel in that situation because nobody's going to know. I mean, is there a ballpark that feels like a normal amount of time or is it just going to be based on your feelings and that's it? I, like, I, I think there's I, definitely a too soon. I, I, I think it's all circumstantial. I, I think that it depends on the person. I think it depends on the relationship. I think it depends on the circumstances of death. Look, if you sleep with somebody the night that I die, I will haunt you. That's a promise. <laughs> Maybe that's too soon. Yeah. But, like, do you need to wait a year? It's just a question. It, there probably isn't a good answer. There isn't, like, a solid answer for everybody, for sure. But it's just an exploratory question. Like, or what Why is it? Why explore a question well, that has no answer? <laughs> it makes no sense. Well, where do you get, like, like, what place do you get to where you feel like it's okay? I don't know. I just, I have no idea, like, how it feels to lose somebody. Like, if I were to lose you or you were to lose me, like, we don't know what that feels like because our relationship is different than any other loss we've ever had. Mm-hmm. And so, like, and if it's death, right? Like, it's a final thing. It's, you know, it's not something you really have a choice over. I just wonder, like, what what switches in your mind where you're like, okay, I guess it's time to move on. And I don't know that anyone knows the answer. I'm just exploring. I, again, I, I think it's different. I think it depends on how old you are when you lose your significant other, right? If you're 25, that's very different than if you're 65 I would imagine and what your goals are in life like well, if you wanted to have kids or something sure that's probably part of it but it could also just be like I don't think don't people generally have less sex when they're in their 60s I, I hope know. not <laughs> I hope so it looks sounds gross you want to go get that little Miranda <laughs> <laughs> This just it was just thought-provoking moment, okay? I hope your thoughts are provoked. They are provoked. Okay, so we go to Harry and Charlotte 
having conversation. Harry's making a midnight snack type thing. And he says he ran into LTW's husband, Herbert Hubert. Herbert Wexley, I think is his name, on the subway. And they start talking about how their wives have been bonding over tennis. And basically, Harry starts inviting himself to play tennis with them. And Charlotte's like, okay, you want to come play tennis? So that we have that set up. And then we go to Naya and her husband in the car on their way to go get some food. And they get a message from Miranda. And the car starts reading the message. And essentially, so when they met up at the farmer's market and the husband walked away, Miranda and Naya had a private conversation about how Naya had started her period. She was not pregnant once again. She didn't want... Miranda to say anything in front of the husband because she hadn't told the husband yet. It only been that morning that she got her period. And then they're driving and Miranda sends a text message like, hey, so sorry that you didn't get pregnant. I hope it went well when you talked to your husband. And she hadn't talked to her husband yet. So the car starts reading off the text, which I don't know what cars do that. If you can set up your car to just automatically read text, that seems like a terrible idea. <laughs> But maybe it's convenient for TV. So that's happening. And then the husband is finding out through the car reading the text, basically. And then Naya almost runs over a gay couple with their toddler in the street because she is not paying attention to the road. Feelings about finding out information like that through your car. I don't know. I think it's dumb. I mean, it's not ideal, but it's also not like blow the roof off the house type of like problems like should i quote you on the instagram dumb you just Julio. make t-shirts it's dumb <laughs> it's dumb <laughs> okay it's dumb i'm sorry i'm listening to your thoughts that's it there's no dumb. more thoughts <laughs> so not ideal i mean if you i, mean, I don't think position. he blew it up either i don't think he like he didn't make it a huge deal not like harry We'll get there. <laughs> but I just think that's one of those things like, I don't know. It's hard to put yourself in that situation, right? Because they've been doing this m multiple times, it sounds like, if I remember right. Like trying to get pregnant and not getting pregnant. They've been pregnant. doing IVF and they stopped doing and IVF too. So it could be like, I don't know, maybe he's, maybe it's different. Maybe he's sensitive about it, right? Maybe it's like, a, oh, like it's a me thing or it's a her thing. Like. Maybe you're just more private about it because that's a kind of an intimate relate like detail of your relationship, uh, a struggle, something that you guys have been dealing with like for a while. Um, so yeah, maybe you just don't want that out there, or you want it to be. You want to feel like you're in it together, and maybe at that point he didn't feel like that. But I don't think that's something. I mean, I'm not in the relationship. I mean, would you me, be mad if, if I knew since the morning and it was the afternoon and you didn't know and you found out that way? Or do you just feel like, oh, she didn't have a chance to tell me yet? Or she didn't find the right time to tell me? I'd be a little upset. I, I, I can see where he would be upset where, at least from my understanding, Miranda and the other lady are not, like, close friends. Like, it'd be different if you, I found out you told Jazz as opposed to I found out you told the neighbor. And then to say professor. that... To say that she didn't have, like, time to do it, right? Like, they were out on a date the whole time. Like, they were together. <laughs> I think you can make that sort of connection that, hey, That's you true. had time together. Like, and they you were still weren't able to do it. They were at the farmer's market that morning. 
like <clears throat> I, I would feel like that you know hey I should get first dibs so to speak on this information like this is us against the world type of deal okay well and there is kind of a bit of a conversation that's not super clear that's going on that sounds like she might not want to even keep trying I don't right. know if you've caught that in the last few episodes but it sounds like she's I don't know if she's like 100% sure she even wants a kid well I, I think that when like to kind of finish with that um I think if I'm him, once I kind of get over that initial, like, shock, then hopefully the idea will come into my mind, like, well, why didn't she share that information with me? Like, is there some reason that she's, like, right? If something's hard to share, sometimes you don't come out and share it right away. Um, Like, is there a way I can love and support her? But I don't know. Something like that, right? Instead of just focusing on what I wanted yeah, I think that's where the hesitancy comes from for her, is what it sounds like. Is like, I think she's kind of like, I want to pump the brakes entirely. And I think that she knows that he's been wanting this. And so, it, maybe from his perspective, it's like, oh, it's just something that we want that's been difficult. But from her perspective, she's not even sure what she wants. And she's kind of like realizing that in the process. Yeah, in either case, I mean, I feel like that's, I don't know, it's hard. I, I get that there's points where you want to get, like, outsider input, and it helps you kind of sort your thoughts and everything, because um, there's less, like, at stake when you're talking to friends or people on the outside. But ultimately, that's a conversation you need to have in your relationship. That's a conversation you'd be like, because she's going to experience this not having or do I want, like, thing differently than he does. He's just be like, well... Just do it again. And just keep going, yeah. Like she's going to, who knows, like physically, emotionally, if she, like it's going to be processed differently for her. Well, if she doesn't say anything, it seems like, like you said, like it's just going to keep, the plan is going to go ahead unless she stops the plan. So it really is kind of like the ball's in her court, right? Uh, I mean, I, I think that it's normal to think about how you feel and you, the impact of things on you or what to do next. But I think the, he could always be kind of aware, too, and asking his wife, like, hey, how are you? How is this affecting you? Like, what are we thinking? And maybe he does and maybe they don't. I don't know. But they just yeah. don't show that stuff. But Yeah, that's, that's true. Like, if you're really connected to somebody, you kind of can tell if they're feeling off about something usually. Is that what you're kind of saying? Like, no, I'm saying even if you can't like tell, like that's good practice to ask those things. Yeah. Because, yeah, people just don't always share everything. I feel like you can tell when I'm funky most of the time. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, "Why are you funky?" Oh, and then there's just the whole bit of like, we have a toddler. The guy like banging on the oh, window. Absurd. <laughs> I thought that was funny. It was very relatable. I just felt like I've, I could see that situation. And it doesn't have to be a gay couple. It could be anyone with a child just freaking out. I just feel like everyone thinks their kid is God's gift to everything. And if you put their kid in danger, then you're the devil. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Something about the, like the juxtaposition between the like serious moment and this guy just banging on the window like, we have a toddler, was kind of funny to me. So the next scene is just a quick scene of Carrie on her bed going through the Tinder profiles and she picks Peter. She puts like a like and she's super like satisfied with herself that she picked one. And then we go back to tennis 
mm-hmm. with Harry and Herbert Hubert, whatever his name is, <laughs> and LTW and Charlotte playing tennis. What were your thoughts on this scene? You remember what happened. Yeah, they lost. They suck. They should have lost the old ladies, too. No, Charlotte and Harry won. Oh, yeah, that's right. It doesn't really matter. They're terrible. Were you even paying attention? No. Oh, well, I farted. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're out. (laughs) They're playing tennis. Harry starts coaching at Charlotte to, like, go for it more and, like, come on or whatever. And then she does. She dives for, like, I don't know, the match point or whatever. She dives over and ends up knocking over Harry on accident, saving the ball, and then they win the game. And Harry's on the ground. It doesn't seem like that big of a deal. And she's kind of like, are you okay? And they, like, get up, and then they're walking out of what looks like a really amazing equinox. I don't know. The way that it looks looks like it must be a fancy equinox or something. But they're walking out of the gym, and Harry starts asking if Charlotte will apologize to him for knocking him over. And she's like, this is ridiculous. No, we're playing tennis. And he's like, well, it's ridiculous that you won't apologize. And they have a whole kind of like petty argument about this. That's how you feel. I think it was petty. I think on both sides it was petty. Like, who cares? Charlotte, say sorry that you knocked him over. Harry, don't be a baby. You were playing tennis. You fell over. Like, I just don't even get why it's a big argument. It's like a stupid, one of those dumb... Now you're catching on. Stupid, (laughs) dumb. Yes. Now you're getting it. It's one of those dumb, stupid marital arguments. (laughs) Like when we were first married and we had the argument over which peanut butter that you liked and didn't like. That's not a dumb argument. Don't buy shit peanut butter. Wait. Can you say shit on this? Yes. You don't remember... Shitty shit shit. You don't remember... That you got the wrong one, even though I told you which okay. one to Okay. <laughs> yes. Wait a minute. Wait with a with an H. This is the story. Example of a petty marital argument. We were married for like less than a year, and I had been going to a couple of different stores, figuring out what grocery store I liked, and I picked up this specific peanut butter. And he had said he didn't like this certain kind. And it had, like, a blue label, let's say. And it was, like, a store bought from one grocery store. Okay. The next time I go to the store, I go to a different store. I get the white label peanut butter. It's also crunchy peanut butter or whatever. I bring it home. And he opens up the cabinet and he goes, Why'd you buy this peanut butter? I told you last time I didn't like this peanut butter. And I went... I don't know what you're talking about. This is a totally new peanut butter. (laughs) And he's like, no, it's not. It's the one I told you last time I didn't like. And I was like, no, the one that you didn't like had the blue label. This is a white label from the other store. So then we get through a whole conversation that becomes an argument. And I am in tears because I know that I'm right. And he has not even tried this peanut butter. And he's not trusting me that I, he's thinking I didn't listen to when he said he didn't like the other peanut butter. And that's what hurt me, was that I thought you thought I didn't listen to your peanut butter needs. 
and you just assumed that I went and got a peanut butter that was yeah, the I don't one remember you said that you didn't like. Because it's you were not even in, as invested <laughs> as I was. Again, stupid and dumb, right? But we had a whole argument about it. Uh-huh. Because it was a misunderstanding, really. Yeah, and that I has never nothing to do with what you're talking about. No, it was a petty argument. That's exactly. Let's have a petty argument right now. No, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't do petty arguments. Anyways, it was a petty argument. So we move on. So we move on. This is what happened. Oh, and LTW and her husband see them yelling in the street at each other. So there's like a moment where Charlotte's like, great, now they think we're that couple. Let's just be so, real. He's wrong. Like, he Harry? felt... Yeah. They, she... It's it's wrong to request an apology in the middle of the game. It's not like she made a non tennis play. <laughs> like <laughs> it's not like she like elbowed him in the balls. Yeah, it wasn't like a cheap shot. She didn't like go way out of the way. It was a ball that was there. And to be honest, I don't know much about tennis, but if I have a player moving up with the forehand versus a guy coming across to hit a backhand, you take the person with the forehand. And yeah, I mean, this means. Zero idea what any of this means. But, okay. So, he got in the way. And she's the one, like, from what I remember, I don't remember it all that well. It was a ball that was kind of in the middle of both of them. And so you let, like, she was in the right to get it. Now she's being petty and the fact that she wants, like, I don't know if it's petty. But I feel like she could articulate her stance better. And maybe offer, like, some sort of an apology. Like, I'm sorry I knocked you over. I don't know. I don't know if I would apologize either. Like, why should I apologize? We're playing the game. Like, that's part of the game. You just need to get over it. But he's real. Wait a minute. This is a whole different conversation. Does this have to do with the fact that men... Because I think we go here later. Men don't feel like they have to apologize for everything all the time. I don't feel like in in most cases like in life just going through life I think the point they're trying to make is that women are trained to apologize for just like existing like I'm sorry that I have to ask you a question or I'm sorry that my opinion is different than you or I'm sorry that I'm having a feeling like that is what it's like to be a woman so I think the point that Charlotte's getting so triggered by is that she has to apologize all the time why is she apologizing in tennis when she's just doing what was required to win the tennis game? So you're saying like, well, I wouldn't apologize because I was playing tennis. So is it the fact that you're just like not in that world where you feel like you need to apologize for unnecessary things all the time? Or is it just that has nothing to do with it for you? Mm-hmm. I don't know, been a woman. But I don't feel like that has anything to do with it. I feel like ultimately if I were in Charlotte's spot and you were completely, this happens a lot, (laughs) like especially in something like that where if you're out of, it feels like Harry's out of his element in this. I can't remember what he said if he used to play or whatnot, whatever, he's terrible. But like we've done things where like it's either moving or like doing some sort of like construction project, something that's just not necessarily in your wheelhouse and you've gotten hurt or gotten in the way and like I've had to like like tell you what to do like sternly or something like um 
like that's part of that environment like that's how that works it's not meant to be unloving necessarily but so like in tennis you have to understand like this is a game like this is competition sometimes you fall sometimes the ball hits you on the face like <laughs> you shouldn't have to apologize for an, a tennis action like so you're saying like like if more extreme examples like football like in football you're supposed to like hit people so it would be stupid for everyone to like apologize every time they hit somebody <laughs> I'm trying mean, to understand the sports world I don't know I mean if you're playing basketball or something and you're dribbling and someone smacks your hand when you go shoot like that's part of the game like it's, it just happens you <laughs> sorry. have sorry you have to take like, you have to take the lumps with it like nothing is perfect like understand that going uh, in and you shouldn't have to apologize you shouldn't have to apologize if I fouled you like that's ridiculous and absurd I actually like, really love the idea of this right now like, but at the same time sorry <laughs> sorry every time I'm doing uh, anything but at the same time like in our relationship like when those things have happened after a while has gone by <laughs> I'll find a way to kind of apologize without apologizing like if like, you strip the ball in football sorry <laughs> You're a terrible athlete. Tell me. Tell me. If, <laughs> tell me about what you were saying. Tell me the words. I don't know. I mean, I would apologize probably for, hey, look, like, you need to probably try to get you to understand, like, look, this is how the game is played. This things sort of happen. I'm sorry you fell. But you know, next time we just won't play together. <laughs> it's fine. Like, <laughs> but you're an idiot. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing when I sit down with, like, the kids to play, like, a game. I tell them. I'm like, I'll play with you, but you can't cry when you lose. Like, that's the rule. Don't cry because you're not going to beat me. Like, just how it is. I've witnessed this. Don't be an idiot. Well, don't be an idiot. Life is simple. (laughs) People are stupid. A lot of of dumb, stupid (laughs) stuff going on there. Uh, Okay, so we leave the tennis scene. And we've got Miranda and Steve in the kitchen. And they look to be finishing their takeout meal. And they're just having a regular logistical married life night. Steve's like getting a message from somebody at work that called in sick again or something. And Miranda gets the wild hair and she's like, let's do this. Let's like rekindle. Oh, because she hasn't heard back anything from Che. And that was part of the conversation when she walked and talked with Carrie, too, was what is the expiration date of an unanswered DM or text? And so they have this sort of conversation. And then Miranda's like, hey, maybe I just need to get like, that was it. That was the best sex of my life. But now it's over. It's not happening again. So maybe I just need to accept my life as it is, is kind of where she ends up with that. So then we end up with her in the kitchen with Steve trying to get him to have sex with her in the kitchen, which we already know from episodes back. It's been literal years since they've had sex and they have this awkward attempt at having sex. And in my opinion, well, do you want to share your opinion? No, go ahead. Okay. In my opinion, I understand Miranda's frustration. I understand that she's trying on some level. She does try. Like, she could just do what they've been doing and not ask for anything and not try. And I think it takes a lot to actually, like, for me, 
it can be embarrassing if you have to like say out loud, like, I want you to do this thing to me right now. Like you kind of want to be in a relationship where the person just wants you and you want them and you both just kind of like do the thing without being like, I want you to do this thing and having it be awkward, right? So I think like there's bravery in the fact that she's like, hey, I want you to touch me. I want you to do this with me. To me, like when I watched it, I felt like she gave up really easily. And I think no matter what age you are as a woman, it takes a while to warm up sometimes. <laughs> and I think that she did not give herself enough time to like warm up and to be with him. But I also think part of that comes with she really I don't know that she went into that com into that whole interaction and conversation wanting it to work. I think it was almost like, all right, fine, I'll try. And then she kind of easily gave up and got frustrated and sort of wrote him off and was just like, well, you're not who I want anymore. I think it like solidified for her that she didn't want to even try anymore. And for him, he was like, great, we're, great, Miranda. We're trying to have sex. <laughs> I sound like I'm from the Midwest. And... What makes you think that she tries? The fact that she asks for it. and the She fact asked that, for it once in this episode. Like, where are you basing the rest of that off? Well, a lot of women don't want to be in a situation where they feel like they have to ask. I get that, but you said that she tries. And I'm saying you have one instance where she half-ass tried. Where are you saying you're getting the evidence for the other stuff? Maybe I'm not remembering. What do you mean? She, like, tells Steve in this one instance what she wants. But you're saying she tries, as in, like, she's been continually trying. And I don't know where you actually see that. I don't know that I mean that. I just meant this is her trying. Like, this one instance is her, on some level, trying to see what's there. Because it seems like they have been kind of dormant for a while. I know that they kind of talk at some point in the other episodes about them going through like a couple of rounds of marriage counseling. So maybe that was like their period of trying and then they sort of settled into this kind of like blah space that they've been in. But I, I'm talking about just the one instance of this is them trying. Like Miranda being like out of the blue, like, hey, come here, let's See, I read that completely differently. I'm not saying she's all at fault, like, for their relationship and the sexual lull that they're having. But I feel like her, the thing that you're calling her effort, her try, is completely disingenuous. I think that she is sexually frustrated, obviously, but she's trying to, she's trying to recreate this thing that she had with Che the other day. Like, that's what Miranda's doing. And then the fact that, like, they you get think what... she's using him to get off, basically. Yes. I don't think she's there, like, trying to do anything other than satisfy, like, her... I don't think it's an attempt to revive the relationship. I think it's a frustrated, like, sexual, like, thing. And combined with her being kind of ghosted, like, she's just trying to fill that void. Um... And she's using Steve. And I think that right when she gets one hiccup, right, which I don't think you can blame Steve. Like, she just needs a while to warm up. Like, she shuts She's it down. Lube. She shuts it down. And then Steve comes back and goes, really? Are you sure? Like, because 
I, I was kind of like, you kind of had me going there for a minute. Yeah. And she's just like, no, like it just doesn't feel like it was an attempt to revive the relationship. It just felt, or to see if there's anything in the relationship. It just felt. I think what you're saying is pretty pure, like, as far as, like, what's going on. I think that's probably closer to the truth if we really look at it. I think for me, like, I still think there's some level of her after 20 years with this person that she has a child with that's, like, maybe there's hope. Like, and maybe if I recreate this thing that turned me on before, maybe I could have that with him. Maybe on some level. and But I also kind of think that what you're saying, that a lot of the evidence does support that, you know? So I'm not disagreeing with you. I just wonder if there's any level, because Miranda did love Steve at one point and probably still does in like on some level, but maybe she's just like, like again, like the relationship's been very dormant. That sounds like a lot of conjecture. I didn't watch the original series, so I don't know what the relationship was like, but I can tell you from these six, seven, whatever episodes, none of that is obvious. Like, uh, there's no evidence of that Steve whatsoever. doesn't get any... Steve doesn't get any breaks in this whole thing. Like, <laughs> this whole thing has been hard on Steve and on most of the husbands, except for Mr. Big, and I mean, he's I would dead. say it's exceptionally <laughs> hard on Mr. Big. Well, yes. as far as, like, how they're portrayed as husbands, it seemed like they portrayed Mr. Big as a pretty good husband, for the last little while before he died. Seems like Steve has become an old man and can't As hear. Men and do, they get older. Is, yeah, and is like, you know, man, like watching Netflix and all this stuff, like kind of a boring old man and kind of a like loon is how they're making him out to be in some cases. And then Harry is, I don't know what we think of Harry. He's just. I think he's a great dad, but I also think, like, I don't know what this whole thing with the argument is. It's it all it's all dumb. It's petty. I think that those things coexist. I think that, I think maybe a level of Miranda wants to think that she's doing this for a good reason, but I think you're probably more accurate at the heart of it. She's probably just trying to satisfy her selfish needs. If anything, she's doing it as justification for, oh, I tried. Right. Just to, even not for anybody else, but for her own mind. Like, oh, I tried and it didn't work. People like to tell themselves that story. Right, which she kind of goes on and says. Okay, so then we go to Carrie and Peter's date. And basically we find out that Peter is a widower as well. And, you know, Carrie's a widow. And they talk about how they lost their spouses. And then they have this awkward moment where they realize they need drinks. And then cut to them leaving the restaurant, clearly inebriated, laughing hysterically, and then throwing up all over the place, together on the street. I laughed at that. I wasn't expecting that to happen. I thought like, oh, they drank and now they're like warmed up to each other and they're having a good time. But instead they drank too much and threw up. Then we go to the fundraiser, which is kind of a long scene with a lot going on. So there's the whole part of Harry following Charlotte around, noticing when she apologizes for other things and asking her why she can't apologize to him. And so now we kind of start to understand why she's more resistant to saying sorry and the apologies. 
Yeah, and Harry's, like, kind of tallying all her sorries and, like, why can't you just say it? Why can't you just say it? And she's like, because I have to say it all day long. As a woman, you have to apologize for everything. And that is true. We're taught to say sorry about everything. So I kind of get that. But, again, I still think the argument is petty and dumb, ultimately, in the, in the kind of context of an entire marriage. And then that's kind of juxtaposed with this argument with LTW and her husband, where LTW is, like, misunderstanding what her husband says about her being bad at the fundraiser because she's not using the microphone, which who doesn't know how to use a microphone, but whatever. <laughs> and so they're getting a petty argument. And I think there's kind of this moment where the two couples sort of understand each other and, like, hey, here we both are having these petty arguments. Um, I don't know. I just... I, I've never been a woman, so I can't say, like, whether or not women are taught to or feel pressure to like apologize all the time but I do feel like if that's the case which it probably is I feel like I don't know maybe my mind's different maybe it's because I'm not a woman but I feel like you compartmentalize that a little bit like there are societal pressures I have that you know that happen to us or whatever like on the outside but I feel like when you're in that relationship like a specifically a marriage you kind of have to be able to be kind of put that like it, it's 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 its own thing like I don't feel like because the world tells you you have to apologize apologize, apologize that means like I feel like she's kind of digging her heels in a little bit with that on that side and not having the necessary conversation with her husband I'm not saying she needs to apologize because her husband's asking for it I'm just saying I think that the thing behind the thing right they're not talking about that and that that's the part that frustrates me is it feels like both of them are being on their side and like digging their heels in. and I get like we all do that and we're all in the moment like this is the thing we do we kind of get defensive or want to be right and um but separated from that right like that's the frustration with that yeah conversation yeah I think you're right on that Jazz and I have had this conversation a few times throughout the series and basically we feel kind of like they're taking all these hot topics or all these things that are sort of like trending right now and they're like getting the bullet points right like okay we've talked about non-binary we've talked about you know in the context of Che and in the context of rock we've talked about how hard it is for women to age in this world and like we've had kind of different like hot topic conversations mm -hmm. I feel like this could kind of be like another hot topic thing that they're just like like the whole book that came out like girl stop apologizing or whatever that's a thing that we've all become aware of now as a society is like women are conditioned to apologize for everything and things that they don't need to apologize for and they're kind of using this like writing thing as in the show as like a excuse to bring up that subject mm -hmm. you know or even the um cultural appropriation and cultural appreciation conversation from last episode like mm -hmm. it's kind of like checking the boxes and i feel like on one hand like women shouldn't feel like they have to apologize all day long and i think i noticed through like the second and third watch throughs how many times they did have charlotte and other women apologizing unnecessarily for things and so i think they were just trying to make that a point but I also feel like you're right in that. That's not what the whole story is. Like, the whole story isn't just, like, Charlotte being a woman in the world and feeling like she has to apologize. 
it's also like her important relationship with her husband. And yeah, like, and if there's anyone to apologize <clears throat> to or to preserve the relationship, even if you don't feel like it's a situation where you should or need to apologize, like maybe it's necessary to like soften up in that situation. You know what I mean? Just to like... Yeah, uh, and I don't mean to put it all like on Charlotte either. I think that when she comes out and actually says, you know, I'm tired of however she said it. Like women have to apologize for everything all the time. Like that should be kind of a, like a flag for her husband to be like, well, this isn't all about me. This isn't all about tennis. Like I should probably ask better questions to see exactly what's going on here. Yeah. Or, like, be open to letting it go himself, too. You know? Like, either side should kind of be open to, like, letting it go, I feel like. Cause letting not... go the request for the apology, but not, like, letting the conversation not happen. Because I still think the conversation yeah. is that. No, I just mean, like, this whole, like, thing about being right on either side. You know? Like, Charlotte should be open to letting go of, like, maybe she doesn't need to apologize because she's playing tennis... And that's what you do when you're playing tennis. But, like, maybe she should let go of the rightness in that and just be like, I'm sorry that I knocked you over and just preserve the relationship. Or maybe Harry should let go of needing to hear sorry and just let go of the argument, you know? I just feel like ultimately it's kind of a petty argument. But I also get, like, they're using it as a device to bring up this subject, I think. (sighs) What? It's funny to hear you give advice about letting go of arguments. That's all. Don't. <laughs> Just don't. <laughs> oh, babies. Oh. I am great oh, at everything. Oh, babies. Yeah, mommy likes to argue. Yeah. If you're listening and not watching, my husband is now making out with our dog on camera. My bitches. Fully. Love you, lady. Okay, down. This is it. This is my life. Down. So that's part of what's going on at the fundraiser. Then we've got Miranda having the conversation with Carrie about how her sex life is dead with Steve. And I do kind of feel like once this part came up, I did kind of feel like, okay, like Miranda was looking for proof to say this. I think she's really focused on Che. And then especially when she sees Che, it's like, bye Carrie, bye everybody else. She just goes straight to Che. And so I feel like... Miranda, it wasn't good. Like, whatever happened with the sex thing with Steve wasn't great, but it literally lasted 30 seconds. So, to me, it wasn't like a full shot. I think that Miranda was just kind of like, it's not working. I have proof, lawyered, <laughs> you know? And then she sees Che, and it's like, okay, maybe she feels more justified or something in going up and trying to have like another conversation. And then there's sort of a awkwardness. Che's caught up in a conversation. Miranda gives that five seconds as well and gets insecure because Che doesn't come running over to her either. And then when they finally do kind of meet up, she's a little standoffish and they're having a conversation. Do you want to fill in any blanks or? No. No. (laughs) They're having a conversation Miranda asks, like, look, I DM'd you. It's been three months. (laughs) Jay's excuse is they smoke a lot of weed. I don't know. Maybe I've not smoked enough weed for this. part of the excuse. And the lots of DMs. Yeah. They get a lot of DMs in volume. So, 
I don't know. To me, that feels kind of an, like an annoying excuse. Like, if you're into somebody, you're looking for their name in your stuff. You're on, like, high alert. Like, Miranda's on high alert for Che. Like, Miranda's clearly more into Che than Che is to Miranda, I think. I don't know if that's true. Well, maybe it. Any more maybe at this point. <laughs> I feel like it's... No, I think maybe I'm thinking of something else. I'm just going to be quiet. Are you skipping ahead? Mm-hmm. Don't blame me. Blame Jasmine. Well, sorry, Jess. This is all your fault. Uh, <laughs> Get better, Jess. Yeah, so there's kind of that whole thing. I was just annoyed. I feel annoyed and triggered by the idea that, like, you could really care about somebody. You could send them a message, and then they just ignore you for months. And then all of a sudden, they can just be like, oh, like, perfectly crafted excuse that's supposed to excuse me from this. And then... Also, I want to, like, get naked with you, and it's just okay all of a sudden. Well, I feel like there's, this might be a little bit. DM. Is that on Instagram? Instagram. Can't you see when somebody's read it? Yes. Like, how does that part I just... I think you can turn get... that off, though. Oh. You well. might be able to turn that off. Or maybe I'm... But in either case, if you turn it off, then as far as Miranda knows, she was never read. So, like, that's different than, like, somebody read it and then didn't get back to you in three months. Like left on red? Yeah, like if I saw something, to, and I was, and you know, there's other ways to get around that, but I feel like that maybe adds a little bit of credibility to Chase, like reasoning. I just feel like seeing this whole thing through my own filters, and I feel like if I'm really into somebody, I'm going to, like, even if it's in a friendship context too, like, it doesn't have to be like, romantic it could just be that i'm like really excited about a person in general well i think that's the difference i'm looking for their name like i think miranda is very chase centric and chase got other shit going on yeah like they're doing whatever they're doing and you know miranda is a feels like as a part of that like it has a piece of that but not all the eggs in that basket i think you're right i think that's part of why miranda's attracted to che is because Miranda is a, has always been like a career woman and a woman that is independent in different ways and able to like do all these different things in life. And I think that she feels stuck and bored in the life that she's in. And that's why she went back to school. And that's why she's attracted to Che. And that's why she's like, like she's looking at Che because Che represents all these things that she wants in her life. New adventure kind of like wild and crazy sex and you know career that's taking off i think that that's what attracts her to che possibly that makes sense but i just i don't know i i love miranda so much that i feel like watching miranda desperately chase che is like frustrating like i feel like miranda's too good to be desperately chasing anybody so i don't know i kind of want to see where her little journey goes after this because it's gonna be interesting also happening at the fundraiser, Carrie sees her date that threw up, Peter. Um, the sex is, writer? It, she's trying to, like, <laughs> yes, Carrie the sex writer. She's trying to kind of, like, sneak out, and there's this whole comical thing where Anthony's trying to, like, stake everything out so that she can get out without Peter seeing her. And then Charlotte totally disrupts this whole plan and is like, wait, your, your thing for the fundraiser hasn't come up yet. And she gets called up, and she's clearly, clearly uncomfortable standing up there and basically getting auctioned off like like the One Tree Hill boy toy auction. 
in front of everybody. They're calling her a sex writer, a date with a sex writer. And she's just awkwardly standing there like, eh, it's supposed to be just lunch. And like, oh, I'm, I'm really, nobody's wanting this. Nobody's married. Like, and then the guy, Peter, bids on the date. And they have like a cute little moment outside after that. And it looks like they're going to have a second date. So maybe there's a little hope for her. I don't know that it's going to go very far, but I think she's trying. I think she's struggling right now with life. I mean, of course she's struggling. Her husband just died. It's just stupid. Like, yeah. leave the lady alone. <laughs> like, I don't feel like she's struggling, like, outside of that part. Like, that's, like, there's that show. But I feel like there's unnecessary struggles being put on, like, other things. Like, pr- whoever the producer is or whatever, like, leave me alone. Like, <laughs> I don't need to go on a date. Like... I don't think she needs to feel, yeah. I don't feel like she needs to feel the pressure to do anything other than, like, continue to do the thing she wants to do. Like, that stuff's just gonna, I don't know, it frustrates me. Yeah. People are putting these demands. Like, why the hell would you even auction her? Other than the fact that you're, like, desperate and you're looking for something to sell, but know your demographic. Like, who's gonna want a lunch date? Like, what do you even talk about? (laughs) <laughs> what is that? What, what is the whole point it's of the a lunch children's date? children's fundraiser for a school, right? So why are we auctioning off a date with a sex writer? But like, <laughs> like I just That's don't even true. understand. Like, what is she, like have her sell something or, you know what I mean? Give her, have her give a service. Like sit down you and your wife, like or whoever with or uh, having a, therapy or something a relational relationship counseling or something like other than just hey here's lunch with sex writer yeah for the kids for the kids (laughs) for the kids that's true well what would have been a good idea is to have like a writing workshop with a writer or something like that like that's more appropriate i think anything it's just so ambiguous it's just let's just throw her up there Obviously, they're writing this in to create the tension to create, like, something in the story for her. But, like, yeah, it's it's not well thought out. And we did, I mean, earlier we did have the conversation at lunch where Charlotte said that there were, there was a wave of divorces. And she thought maybe one of those dads could be interested in Carrie. So maybe that's what they were thinking. It's like, oh, we'll put her for this lunch date and maybe... One of the dads will pick But still, it up. what is a lunch date? Like, that's the most awkward thing in it's the world. It's not I'm going to pay $1,000 to take this woman out to lunch and... Like, it does. <laughs> it feels prostitute-y. Hi. Che tells Miranda at the fundraiser that they want to take Miranda somewhere and get her naked, basically. And then we go and we see that they do take Miranda somewhere and get her naked. And there are boobs, there is sex, there's very heavy panting. Weed. Weed, apparently, again. Because everywhere Che goes, it's like, it's like that Peanuts character. There's just like a cloud of like weed I don't think around Peanuts Che. Character does weed. I think he's dirty. No, but I'm <laughs> saying it's the same image that yeah. Che walks around in their own like cloud of weed. Could have went with like Cheech or Chong, but you went with Peanuts. Nice. Peanuts, because that's what I'm... The image I'm imagining is the little, like, mm. cloud around the person. Okay. It's a good one, yeah. I think. So, there's kind of this whole... And I guess the implication is they get to have sex again. They have great sex together. 
Miranda says, I love you. Che says, you love you with me. Also, I'm good at sex. Also, the weed. So I guess the whole point is that they get to sleep together again. I was a little bit frustrated and confused. I get what's happening. I just was a little frustrated and confused because to me, like, that whole conversation at the fundraiser was not enough for it to be just like, okay, we're all just, we're just going to be fine and then sleep together. I would still be kind of like standoffish with the person if I felt strongly towards them and they had been ignoring me for three months in my mind. I don't care what your explanation is for it. I just feel like I'm not going to like, you're not going to immediately get me into bed with you by just like giving me some excuse and then being like, but also I want to be naked with you. Okay. Last three months didn't matter at all. I agree with you. I think that that makes complete sense. I just know that not all women are going to go through the same thought process. <laughs> Especially one that has literally built their life around this one fantasy. When the window opens for the thing you think you want and you don't have any other things like going on, like you jump. Like she's desperate for whatever it is, love, affection, adventure, like all that stuff. So you just have to crack the window and she'll jump right through. People have slept with people for a lot less, like with worse explanations. It's not a big leap for me. It's frustrating, yes. Desperate for the cooch. But I, <laughs> I mean, if you're looking for a catchphrase, I guess. <laughs> I just feel like it's so right there. All right, she's desperate for the cooch. I just, it doesn't necessarily, like, sorry, not all people think clearly when I mean, you're probably right. I'm maybe definitely I'm right. thinking like from this outside, more logical perspective. And maybe when you're in your feelings so hard like that, you're just in your feelings. And you're just like, I'm gonna run towards the thing when the window opens. I get that. So we got a final scene. We've got Carrie coming home and getting a text from Peter about their second date. And she kind of has like this little happy moment. And it says, and just like that, I found my little sliver of hope or something like that, or my, I found a little bit of hope. And that's the end of the episode. So it looks like we've got another date with Peter in the future. So now, honey. No, that's it. We're we, done. <laughs> we move on to the final segments of the show. No, we're done. We have to talk about the outfits. Now, I'm They're not going to go dumb. through every outfit. But I will go through and find, uh-oh, my favorite. I did think the first outfit when she, Carrie goes to see the publisher looks like the Joker. Are you laughing at that? No, I'm laughing that you literally just told me I'm not going to go through them all. I'm, I'm pick going to pick my favorite. <laughs> and you said the first one. Well, I'm trying to remember what my, oh, I think I know what my favorite one is. Yeah, I think my favorite from this one is Carrie's outfit when she goes to see the publisher the second time. When the publisher says they have free espressos. And she has this coral shirt dress that's kind of loosey-goosey and flowy. And then she has like a cross-body sort of ivory bag with fringe. And then she's wearing the black shoes from, I believe it's movie number one. I don't know, it could be movie number two. I knew that's where they were from. Like um, gladiator style looking heels that are black. I just like the whole look on her. I like when her hair's down. I like the flowy. It worked for me. Yes. Did you have a favorite outfit, honey? Do you notice any outfits? My favorite outfit is the one that's gonna get Jasmine healthy so that I don't have to do this again. That's a good one. 
I didn't. I didn't expect you to like pay attention to outfits or care about them. So, I mean, was Steve wearing anything you particularly liked? I. <laughs> no, no, I can't say that he was. That's it. We're done. Yeah. That's okay. So we do outfits, and then we did outfits, and then we do favorite moment. Do you have a favorite moment in the episode? No. Yeah, when it ended. My favorite moment was the guy <laughs> screaming in the window. We have a toddler. It was annoying. Yeah, I thought that was funny because people with children um, are obnoxious. I'm trying to think what my favorite moment was. I like the show that ran Harry's ass over in tennis. The whole tennis thing was very non-athletic, <laughs> <laughs> but I like that she ran his ass over. <laughs> okay, thank you, honey. Now, finally. The last thing and is... And made the play. And made the play. She came in clutch. Charlotte's clutch. The final segment is predictions of what's going to happen beyond this point. I don't know. I think we have another date with Peter coming. Because otherwise, why did they do this second date thing? And I hope they don't. I, I don't know. I mean... I just don't like the idea of her. Unless they're just going to be like, okay, there's another date, and then we're just going to assume that they did it, but it didn't work out, and they just move on, and we never hear from that like whole storyline. I'm just assu- I'm just thinking... Uh, like, I think the obvious thing is, well, what does Miranda do? Yeah. Right? What does she do? <laughs> always our prediction it? at the end. You know, well, now that it's escalated, I guess, with Che a little bit more, you can say, right? Or it's... Like, where does that leave Steve? Like, how does that even play out? You know, how do the friends react to that? How does Charlotte and, you know, Carrie react to that? How does Miranda, like, take their reaction, right? I don't know who knows if that's going to be good or welcoming or, hey, you do your thing. Like, I think Miranda has been the big story this entire time. I don't think I have predictions, I just have questions. Like, this entire series, Miranda has been the big story. And I think every time we do predictions, we're like, what's going to happen with Miranda? Well, it's because she's an idiot. I disagree. I don't think she's an idiot, but I think she's in a tough spot for sure. I think she's trying to figure it out, but she's very human and not doing it in a level-headed way. She's stupid for being so smart. Jasmine's going to be mad at you. Well, she should have been here. She's tired of hearing people hate on Miranda for trying to find her bliss, okay? I'm not hating on Miranda for trying to find her bliss, (laughs) if that's how you want to put it. I'm hating on Miranda for <laughs> going, outside, going outside of her marriage. Like, do things in the right order. Like, So you think that before anything ha- would have happened with Che, Miranda should have been like, I have feelings for Che. I'm going to go break up my 20-year marriage before I've ever, like, explored that or anything. I'm just going to go break up my marriage and then go explore Che. Yes. Okay. I'm, I get that that could feel like the right thing, but I also get why, as a human, people don't do that. People tend to, like, hedge their bets, oh. I think is what I'm thinking of. So I think she's kind of like... And I, I don't know that she knew she was ready to leave Steve until after the interaction, the first interaction with Che. I mean, I understand, circ- like... To an extent, you can understand like circumstances and being in a moment and a slip up, but that's not what this is. Like, there's intentionality there in writing a message after the fact, there's intentionality in the way that she's like anxious about not getting a response for three months. There's intentionality about seeing Che on stage and running right up to him and being like, Oh, there's like 
you put yourself consciously I mean, in bad places. In like, all of those months, she couldn't have said anything to Steve about this in all those months. Is what you're saying. Like, I get, I kind of get that thought, right? Like, even after, if it was the one kind of like in the moment thing that happened when they were drunk at Carrie's, right? Then there's uh-huh. been all these months. It's been like a lot of decisions that have... That's the frustration friend. I, and I call it stupid and dumb, just kind of messing around, but that's the frustration. It's you made a commitment to somebody, right? And whether you want to stay with that person or not, like the commitment is to the whole person. Like actually have conversation, actually address these things, like say what you like are thinking and stuff. It's just frustrating. And maybe it's more frustrating for me because I'm the guy and I can relate more to Steve. Um, so in this wise. circumstance, but I mean, I can hear and I don't have a lisp, but he doesn't have a lisp. Oh, he has an accent. <laughs> he has an accent. I think you're very wise, and I thank you for being here with me as we fill in this episode mm-hmm. without the beloved Jasmine yes, Rose. Babies, yes, babies. Nina is making Say her hi, final Nina. appearance. Say hi. She has to check in. She's in love with her father, so there's that. Mm-hmm. I love you. And Lydia's over there sleeping, and the boy's over there. So, that appears to be this episode. And you can find me at vegan.coach.kylie on Instagram. You can find me at vegancoachkylie.com. You can find Jasmine at jasmine.rose.doula on Instagram or jasminerosedoula.com. You can find Will You Be My Friend on YouTube. You can find us on Instagram at Will You Be My Friend Show. You can email us any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions at Will You Be My Friend Show at gmail.com. And you can find us on Spotify with the link in the description or by searching Will You Be My Friend in quotes and finding us with the black background and the pink letters. Thanks for being here for episode seven. Do you want to fi- tell people? Don't find me. He doesn't want people me to find him. You can find him by Stop. looking at my Instagram and stalking me it alone. and finding him on there. All right, he doesn't but... really want to talk about Sex in the City with anybody, so... I hope all of you don't like he anything He does this I said. because he loves me. He doesn't want to be trolled on. I can care less. Things. So anyway, thanks for listening to us. I will be back soon as we can uh hopefully with jazz again if not we might have another special guest unfortunately <laughs> love, you. love you thank you so thanks for